0: John 10. John 10. I trust everyone here is enjoying the warm weather that has been of late. Apart from the last couple of wet days, I trust you've been enjoying the weather this week. I've been busy in the garden myself since working outside is getting more enjoyable as the sun does its work. One of the things that I was looking for was one of those multi-tap outlets. You know, Because one tap sometimes isn't enough. So like most people these days, I went online, I did a search, read reviews and decided what I was going to get. When I got to the shop, they had ran out of the tap that I wanted. So there were other ones there I was looking at, but they were not on the page that I was searching, so I didn't know anything about them. So I had to ask someone who was there stacking the shelves and they pointed to this guy who was um, a middle-aged worker he was a guy there and he was stacking some other things so I went to that guy and I asked him and he pointed out that there was one that was on the shelf that um, he never heard any problems with he's never in his all in all his years he's been there he's never heard any problem with it and he said that customers have even been very happy with it when they returned They've they've made some remarks that you know this is a very good piece of equipment. You know, when you come across someone who has that kind of experience and reputation, we tend to trust what they say. As believers of Jesus Christ, we can have confidence in the words of Jesus. He not only did many mighty works that prove He is of the Father, He also gave His life as payment for us, proving His love for mankind. Jesus told the blind man and the Pharisees present that it was for judgment that He came into the world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. Some people think that they can see. They think that from what they observe, that they can see. But really, when you don't go according to the Word of God, when your excuses or your reasoning doesn't come from Scripture, you're blind. You're blind and confused, and you ask questions, or you make statements that don't mean anything the Pharisees clearly offended by this comment replied with a question are we blind also you know the thing about the Pharisees they always set up things for Jesus they always try to trap Jesus they come up with plans and so on and so forth but in the end they're the ones that suffer they're the ones that lose sleep at night They're the ones that have thoughts that are not profitable for their own growth in any shape, way or form. Not that they were going to heaven because they denied the Son of God. They asked, are we blind also? So the question is, is this question coming from a place of acknowledgement or is it coming from a place of hostility? Years ago, a man who was holding an interesting sign uh, saying that Jesus was not the only way to heaven. I remember I saw him in the square one time. And um, this time when I saw him, I thought I'm going to have a, ta- uh, a talk with this guy. So I remember I was sitting beside him in a city square. And um, initially I tried to get to know him. And then after I got to know him, pleasantries and all, I show- uh, slowly got into the scriptures. And I was trying to show him the depraved state of mankind. How... We needed redemption. And that's the one thing that people, people often overlook. They try to attain to a life of holiness without realizing that they're flawed. They're flawed. And uh, it's worse of all, sometimes, um, some people, some of these people, um, they are church people. Church people can be like that too. They uh, don't realize that they they have the information that they depra- deprave, but they don't acknowledge the depraving, the depraving state of themselves. As I spoke from the scriptures, I witnessed this man. I was talking to him and after a while, he wasn't really looking at me anymore. He was looking down. I witnessed his head bowed down, listening to the inspired word of God. Well, at least he appeared to be listening. I think he was listening. And at that moment, I have to admit, my heart was lifted as I contemplated the prospect of a saved soul, a converted soul. And so the time came where I had to tell him about the redemption. I've already told him that we need redemption, but what is that redemption? So I preached Jesus, Jesus who gave his life so we could be with him in heaven. Immediately, almost immediately, he, he dismissed me and rejected the good news I told him. You know, at the time, I I have to admit, I was a bit disappointed. I asked myself, where did I go wrong? Was I too blunt? Did I take too long? Was I just yapping away and, you know, he got bored? But you know, looking back now, I realize that only God knows the hearts of men. Only God knows whether it was a time of sowing, whether a time of growth, a time of reaping. Jesus says to the Pharisees that if ye were blind, Ye should have no sin, but now ye say we see, therefore your sin remaineth. Then Jesus explains, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and robber. Now the Pharisees, they climb up some other way. They weren't leaders because they loved the Savior that would come and free them from sin. No, they were inclined to do those things because it was profitable for them and they got into that job or that responsibility through politics, education. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Bear in mind that the blind man is part of this conversation. He is a sheep that recognizes the shepherd's voice. And because of his decision to believe and follow the man who healed him on the Sabbath, he found purpose. He found confidence. He found faith and salvation in the Son of God, who he worshipped in front of the Pharisees. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus again, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly." The Pharisees, as I said, was they were in their positions as teachers and leaders of the law because of connections, family ties, education, ambition. It wasn't because Jesus put them there. They had knowledge of the Christ, of course, because they were teachers of the law, but they refused to acknowledge Jesus as the Christ. The mighty works wrought by Jesus made them want to kill and destroy him instead of... Glorifying? Why? Very simple. Because they wanted to steal his inheritance. They wanted to steal his inheritance. They didn't want to leave it all to God and suffer. Many people don't want to suffer. When, they, when they're suffering, they pray for the suffering to go away. They don't look within themselves and ask themselves the question, what can I learn from this suffering? What can I learn from this trial? The same with the woman at the well who said to Jesus in John 4.25, I know that the Messiah cometh which is called Christ, when He is come, He will tell us all things. The woman at the well was one of the sheep that heard the shepherd's voice. So were the other Samaritans that accepted Jesus as their Redeemer and were saved as a result. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep and am known of mine, as the father knoweth me, even so I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now that the Pharisees were wor- not that the Pharisees were worthy, but even if they were, I don't think any of them would even entertain the idea of being offered as a sacrifice for anyone. You think they want to be offered as sacrifice for the people of the temple, for those who needed God, who needed redemption? Jesus knows those who believe in Him and He is known to us as our Lord and Savior. Now, whenever you write a CV, you'll always have references. I see Michael nodding there. It's probably written a lot of CVs, haven't you? These are the persons you select to give an account of your work ethic. You write a CV, And they give you, they give an account of your work ethic when people call them. Trustworthiness. Or just what a great person you really are. They can testify to that because they're supposed to know you and that's why you chose them. Some may put their credentials on the line to endorse you. Here Jesus is saying that he knows the Father and the Father knows him. Then he says he lays down his life for a sheep. If you, if someone you were to vouch for you, if you had a, uh, referee to vouch for you and they said that they were prepared to die for you they had that much faith in you you would think that there would be no other better reason to accept you Jesus, Jesus is our mediator he is the one that speaks to the father on behalf of his children even those who were not originally chosen by him in the beginning as the next passage shows, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and they shall be one fold in one shepherd. Jesus came first for the Jews and then Jesus and then here Jesus mentions the Gentiles who will also come to him. The believers from both folds will become one fold with one shepherd. Peter got into a little bit of trouble when he preached to the Gentiles. He entered into a a Gentile's house, a a Gentile of the Italian band, Cornelius, to share the good news of salvation. And there were people waiting in Cornelius' house, members of his family. And then he got into trouble when uh, he in Jerusalem they confronted him. But he said to the apostles and the elders in Acts 15 that the Gentiles by his mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Jesus gave his life for all to come to him and believe unto everlasting life. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay down lay down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division therefore again amongst the Jews for these sayings, and many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil, can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in a temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews around about him and said unto him, how long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly." They always tried to get something out of Jesus. They always asked him trick questions because they wanted to trap him. They thought that they had authority over him, but no, Jesus said, I told you, and ye believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. When we decide to follow Jesus, He gives us eternal life to dwell with the Father in heaven. And that means that we will never perish. This is the reason Jesus laid down His life. That was the price. When the price was paid, we belonged to Him. Therefore, no man is able to pluck out us out, out of His hand. And so when we are saved, you're always saved. You never, can never lose it because it's God who saves you. Then the jews took up stones again to stone him jesus answered them many good works have i showed you from my father for which of those works do ye stone me the jews answered him saying for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy and because that thou being a man makest thyself god jesus answered them is it not written in your law i said ye are gods if he called them gods unto whom the word of god came and the scripture cannot be broken say ye of him whom the father hath sanctified said into the world thou blasphemous because i said i'm the son of god they wanted to stone him because of what he said they were supposed to be teachers of the law so they were supposed to be familiar with the scriptures they were supposed to be familiar with the book of psalms i remember a while ago a long time ago now when i was in university i remember being in a the lecture theater listening to a lady talking about how we are all gods to the speaker, it's a big lecture theatre, and it all sounded foreign to me at the time. I remember thinking I wouldn't want that sort of responsibility, you know, having finite mind, having a finite, finite wisdom, uh, finite thinking, finite everything, finite years. You're finite. How can you be God? You can't be God. We were made to glorify. The Creator God. That's why we were made. You can't use something that's made for one thing and use it for something else. It's not going to work right. Nothing's going to go, nothing's going to go right. And that's why we have the Lord's Word. Not, not to be gods ourselves. We're not supposed to be gods ourselves. When someone tries to become God, it never ends well. This passage, there's a passage in Scripture from Psalms 82. The Word of God that came to those who were chosen vessels to proclaim His Word to the nation of Israel. That's why he called, Ye are gods. He said to them, If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. What does that mean? If you don't believe me, believe the works, that you will know that the Father is in me and I in him. Well, there was a time when Jesus said, That if you blaspheme against the Son, it will be forgiven. But if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. What they saw proved that the works come from God. Even though they didn't believe in the Son of God being one with the Father, they should have believed that He came from God. They should have believed that He is of God. They should have believed that those works could only be wrought by God, the Creator God. The one in whom everything consists. The evidence for Jesus being the Christ of God is overwhelming. The mighty works He performed and when He performed them showed that He truly was authority from the above. This was not accepted by the Jews, nor the teachers of the law. And I say not accepted instead of not enough, because nothing will be enough, nothing will ever be enough for these unbelievers who had the privilege of witnessing the miracles. Now Abraham said the same thing to the rich man in Luke 16. They won't be convinced that one rose from the dead, he said to the rich man. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away, again beyond the Jordan, into the place where John had first baptized. And there he abode, And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. John gave testimony that Jesus was the Christ with passion and zeal, full of faith, believing that Jesus must increase while he must decrease. John had done much sowing, so much so, that the people that resorted to Jesus beyond the Jordan remembered his words about Jesus. They were the sheep that would hear the shepherd's voice, much like the Samaritan that held on to the prophecy of Jacob, or the Gentiles who had heard the good news in Acts 13, those who were ordained to eternal life. If you've been shopping for fruits and veggies, you probably heard that prices are going up because a lot of them are going to waste because there's a dire shortage right now, a dire shortage of workers, a dire shortage of workers to do the harvest. In other words, the harvest is plenty, but the work is a few. Philip was one of the seven elected in um, Acts 6. Uh, when Jesus and he preached Jesus to the Samaritans. He preached Jesus to the Samaritans. And as a result, many were baptized in the name of Jesus. Then when the apostles heard of this, they sent Peter and John, who prayed over them, and a church was planted. Jesus told His disciples about the will of God who sent Him. He said in uh, chapter 4 of John, He said, I have meat to eat that ye know, know, know not of. This is after He shared with the woman. And He said, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me, and to finish His work. Say not ye, there are, um, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestow no labour. Other men laboured, and ye are entered into their labours. You look closely at chapter 4. The Samaritans believed because of the woman's testimony and the words of Jesus. It mentions the woman's testimony and the words of Jesus. Nothing is ever said about the disciples after they went to the city to buy meat. Even after Jesus had preached them those words before, nonetheless, a seed was planted in the hearts of the disciples. As well as the Samaritans. A seed that would grow on good soil, a seed that would some day result in a church being planted. Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and baptize and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of time. end of the world this is the purpose of this church to make disciples disciples who will hear the shepherd's voice through the written word of god disciples who are willing to be taught whatsoever christ has commanded us to do and his promises that we will be with he will be with us until the end praise be to god